I V M. Welcome to Edison Sledges, episode number 18. We are on a shortened schedule this week a little bit. We were with you guys last Sunday, and now it's a Friday. The th- it's Friday the 13th, actually, a fun day to be together. With me, uh, this, is, uh, this is Ashwin from Toronto. With me, I have my uh, co-bloggers, Varun from Singapore and DJ from London. Hey, guys, thanks for joining me. Before we jump in, I wanted to just do a quick plug. You know, in the last one week, we found out we've just been listed on, our podcast has just been listed on Spotify as well. So very, very exciting news for us. For those of you who are listening on different platform or watching on YouTube or Facebook, Go ahead and, uh, if you can, go to your usual podcast app or hit us up on Spotify. The more you guys like or review or share this, the more listeners we get, the more listeners we get, the more fun it is. So with that, we're going to jump in. This week has been you know, a busy week in the world of uh, cricket, but mostly with the India-England series. So I'm actually going to hand it over to, to Varun to start us off with a quick wrap-up of the third T20, which happened after we recorded our last episode, and then we'll get into some specific topics. Great, yeah. So the third T20, good news, India won and India started off the India-England tour very well. There were lots of talk about, you know, it's coming home. But for this one, England were at home and it didn't come home. So um, interesting. And the third T20, we had Deepak Cheher and Siddharth Kaul debut for India. Um, We had a notable name being left out, uh, Kuldeep Yadav, who um, kind of, created havoc in, among the English batsmen. Uh, suddenly, Kohli and Shastri, who are known for their selection uh, controversies, come out and say that Kuldi the other won't play. Um, there are lots of theories. I was chatting with some friends. I think some people said it was the nature of the wicket. Some people said it was the size of the ground. Some people even said that um, it, it's the fact that you need to manage Kuldi Yadav and in a small ground like that, if his confidence gets shattered because he gets hit, um, so anyway, lots and lots and lots of theories. But the point is, he didn't play. England got off to a fantastic start. Jason Roy, 67. Butler at the top of the order for ODI. He seems to be in a golden purple patch, um, whatever you want to call that. Um, and Alex Hales as well. Now, Pandya started off very badly. And I remember making a comment to say that, you know, uh, Pandya is not even the best cricketer in his own family and stuff like that. So I was quite upset uh, in the beginning. But uh, but he really pulled it back, right? Uh, I think Hardik Pandya showed that uh, what Ashwin and I said earlier in the show as well, that his bowling is coming out to be better than his batting. He pulled out uh, probably 16 to 18 runs from the first over. The next three overs, probably a similar amount with four wickets. So well done to him. And then from a batting perspective, um, I think it's, it's a familiar story for Rohit Sharma in England. I think it seems to be like uh, almost like the Wankhe day for him. Uh, 100 not out in the T20. Um, Rahul stuck to his one-down position, didn't do too much, 19, and Kohli came in with a smooth uh, 43. So, um, so all in all, a great performance. Rohit Sharma's form was great. Hardik Pandya chipped in with the bat too. There's a little bit of flexibility around the batting lineup, but superb result for India, 2-1 up in the T20 series. Super. So thanks for that great summary. Um, so having won the T20 series, there was a, a three or four day gap, I believe. And then they went on and started the ODI series. Now there's a lot of hype, more more so than the T20, which some people say is not that serious. The ODI, we're just at about a year out from the World Cup in England, ODI format, obviously. So lots of hype on that. And the first ODI took place. DJ, do you want to walk and run us through quickly what happened and how it went? Yeah, so... Um England batted first, got off to a great start. Jason Roy and Johnny Besto again, just smashing the Indian opening bowlers all over. Um, 
and then who comes on but Kuldeep Yadav and picks up a wicket with a second ball. Uh, Jason Roy falls reverse sweeping. Then two beautiful pieces of bowling to dismiss Joe Root and Johnny Bairstow. Johnny Bairstow on the review. And um, then Ben Stokes, who'd uh, been drafted into the team for Alex Hales, played a very strange kind of very slow innings. He made 50, uh, but of, I think it may have been 80 balls. Um, so it was quite a slow innings and quite uncharacteristic of him. Uh, Owen Morgan tried to up the run rate, but couldn't. Really do it. And England ended up with a definitely below par, sub par 268 all out. Our uh, reply gets off to a great start with uh, Rohit and Shikhar putting on another 50 run partnership and uh, Shikhar falls, uh, but Rohit goes on, gets 100 uh, in the company of Kohli, interestingly batting at number 3. Uh, and Kohli gets 75. Uh, he gets stumped off Adil Rashid with not many to get. and. Uh, KL Rahul comes into bat at number four to knock off the winning run. So, I mean, a great start for India in the uh, ODI series. So, yeah, uh, lots to look forward to and great signs for uh, the kind of uh, rest of the summer with uh, the risk spin of picking up six, uh, six for 23. Okay, great. Thank you. Thanks for the summary. So, you mentioned a couple of key players. Let's use the next few minutes to deep dive into them a little. So, let's start with Kuldeep Yadav. <laughs> Dropped for the 30-20. Does not play tests. I think he has played eight, one or two tests for India, but doesn't really play tests. He loses. The spot goes to Ashwin and Deja for the spinners. But, I mean, he takes more than two wickets a game on average. He's played 21 ODIs, uh, and he's picked up 45 wickets. He's played 12 T20s and picked up 24 wickets. Five wicket is best haul in a T20, which he took in this series. Six wickets is best haul in an ODI. I mean... Varun, what do we say about Kuldeep Yadav? They tried the bowling machine, didn't seem to work. They've tried different things. Now Morgan has had to come out and say, hey, yeah, he's good, but for, we're lucky there's only one left-arm Chinaman in the world. So that's the only saving grace. There's not more of him. Uh, thoughts on Kuldeep? So, yeah, firstly, I, I mean, I remember we called the bowling machine Merlin Yadav in the last show. <laughs> I think what England need to do is ask for a refund immediately. Um, it, it hasn't worked, the bowling machine. Um, but no, look, I think Kuldeep is, I've mentioned it before, raw talent, magical bowler. Um, the, the deliveries, again, to Root and Bairstow were just amazing. I mean, Joe Root has no idea what uh, what ball this guy is bowling. Bairstow got the googly again. So, um, yeah, I think, I, think, I think he's phenomenal. I think there is a risk that by the end of the series, uh, they'll start figuring him out. But it's okay. He has to keep uh, getting better and better. DJ, does he deserve a spot in the test team? I think on current showing, he'd have to make it to the test team. Right? I mean, the wickets this year are fairly dry. They're taking quite a lot of spin. Um, even Kohli got out to a spinner. They'll receive spinning one past uh, Virat. So, um, if the weather continues like this and we're having what um, they call an Indian summer here, uh, both literally and figuratively. But uh, I think he'd have to play. I mean, they, they, they're not going to have a choice unless uh, Ashwin can uh, really impress Kohli and Shastri in the nets. Because he is our number one spinner. But I think Kuldeep's performance uh, and in the different formats is just uh, putting him right up there as a contender for the number one test spinner spot. So, Varun, whose spot does he take in the in the test team? We're going to talk a lot more about the tests near the end of this month before the five-test series starts, but whose spot would Kuldeep take in the test team? Or do you think, do you agree with DJ, he does take someone's spot? So, I think he, he definitely deserves a spot. I do remember um, he played a test match against Australia where he got Warner, Maxwell, everyone, and they had no idea what was going on. Yes, that was an Indian wicket, but he absolutely deserves a spot. Um, 
I think he deserves the Ravindra Jadeja spot. I would still play R. Ashwin uh, in the test series. And um, I'm not sure, Ashwin, if you remember this or not, but, uh, or if my fact is correct, but I think in the test match, um, I can't remember which test match, but that's when the Kumble-Kohli feud started, right? Because Kumble apparently was pushing Kuldeep to be selected and Kohli didn't agree. So, uh, it's interesting, a year from then, did, uh, did Kumble see something so early on? Yeah, that is that is pretty fascinating. I, th- I don't remember which match it was either, but I think you're right. It'll be interesting. It's the, to, it's yeah. the four, four test match in Dharamshala, right? But Kohli wasn't yeah. playing because he was injured. And he was carrying drinks, do you remember? That's, that's the test match. Wow. DJ has a memory yeah. for these things. That's why you, uh, yeah, none of us can remember this for DJs. But that makes a lot of sense, yeah. Okay, so we will preview the tests. I mean, I, you know, just a, a bug to plant that I think maybe we'll talk about near the end of the month is, you know, somebody, a friend of mine and I were talking is maybe they think about sacrifice that extra batsman or maybe Hardik Pandya loses his spot and they go with three full spinners for the test matches. And maybe for one of the matches, you never know, depending on what the wickets look like, right? It's worth noting the test pitches will be more prepped for Anderson and Broad than a batting heavy lineup. So that's lots more to come in the test matches. As we focus on limited overs, the other player... Uh, DJ, that you talked a lot about was Rohit Sharma. So I'm going to start with you because very publicly on the show, you said you were excited when he got out in the match you were watching. You don't really like him. Back-to-back centuries in two completely different formats. Uh, I, he won the man of the series in the T20, which I actually don't really know why, but he because he only had the one good performance. But what, what do you have to say about Rohit being in the form he is? Yeah, I think the, I think the trouble is that uh, he's done well in this in this format. And he's done well in the T20 format, and now people are going to want to include him in the test team. That's what actually irritates me. So, I mean, he's a good bat, jokes about. But he's not a test batsman. He's a great batsman in a blue shirt, whether it's for Mumbai Indians or whether it's for India. But the moment he changes into a white shirt, he's a useless person. He just doesn't have the temperament to play test matches. But because he does so well in one day games, he will uh, almost certainly be a contender for a spot in this in the test lineup. Especially if India go with a slightly more defensive mindset in the first few test matches of playing an extra batsman, he will most likely make make the make the cut. Um, so that is I mean he's a he's a, he, he batted really well. Um, he was uh, he got his T thirty twenty hundred I think in the T20 uh, game yeah. to go with his uh, three double centuries in one day matches so I'm undoubtedly one of the best uh, one day players we have um, his method is obviously starts slowly and then just accelerates towards the end but there you have it an admission I never thought I'd hear DJ sort of accepting Rohit's one of the one of the better uh, limited over players of our time um, you know but you mentioned what DJ mentioned hey great limited overs player terrible in whites uh, Varun, let me ask you the question. Why does that standard change for Kuldeep then? Like, why have we we don't really know how Kuldeep is going to be in tests. We know he's a great limited overs bowler. We don't know how he's going to be in whites. Whereas we, we Ashwin and Jadeja have really proven themselves. I think on one of the episodes before you said, "Hey, Rohit and Shikhar have proven themselves for five years. Um, they they deserve this, the opening spot." So have have Ashwin and Jadeja not proven themselves? What what makes us believe Kuldeep has the temperament and the skill for red ball cricket? I, th- I think the only difference for me is we've tried Rohit and he's failed. I think we haven't tried Kuldeep. So, uh, totally fair. Ashwin and Jadeja were the t- number top two bowlers in Test cricket at one point. Um, they deserve to play. But I think given current form, given the English batsmen are so afraid of the English Chinaman, uh, of the Indian left-arm Chinaman bowler, 
um, I, I think it makes sense to try him. I'm not saying he deserves a long-term spot right now, but definitely a, a try. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I'm I'm also firmly in the camp that Rohit doesn't belong in our test squad, but I think it's for the same reason. So I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, sense. and Kuldeep hasn't failed when he's played test matches. In fact, he took three wickets, I think, in his first bowl. Uh, yeah. The Aussies. You, you remember the wicket here? And they were, they were completely clueless when they played him. The yeah. So, uh, I mean, it's... I think it's a slightly different game for the bowlers um, playing test matches. Obviously, for batsmen like Rohit, there, there's lots of slips and short legs and all of that in test matches, which becomes it's, it's what is a single down to third man in a one-day game is actually a wicket in a uh, in a test match. So that that is a slight difference, I think, with uh, with Rohit and Kuldeep. I think Kuldeep will actually thrive with a more attacking field in a sense. So. Varun, we, we talked this a little bit off, off the show, but you know, Siddharth Kaul, Umesh Yadav, Deepak Chahar, and then Pandya were the four seamers for the last T20. You know, not Chahar for this one, uh, for the ODI. I mean, England was is rated one of the top ODI sides in the world, and or the top limited over sides in the world. And this is an India side without its two strike fast bowlers, Bhuvi and Bumrah. How does that leave you feeling for this 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 team, this Indian team's potential for the World Cup in a year from now? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 I feel really happy and comfortable that the two strike bowlers are not playing and India still winning a T20 series and the first ODI. I think um, I think it's great. Look, I mean, Umesh Yadav, I think, is the sideline bowler who's going to come in if one of them is injured. But Siddharth calls death bowling is picking up. Hardik Pandya's bowling is picking up. So, um, I, I think it's it's a great situation. I can't remember the last time we had a situation like this where the two Indian seam bowlers were not playing and we're still winning. Yeah, I, th- I think totally agree. It's very exciting. So let's, with that, let's quickly talk about one final piece of the Indian lineup, which is KL Rahul. Uh, beautiful century in the first uh, T20 match. Got selected for the ODI, which I think all three of us were pretty happy to see. But then first wicket fell after Dhawan and Rohit's opening partnership and the man Virat Kohli walked out at number three. I'll give my quick thoughts on this. I said this on the show before. I said, I think Rahul should bat either up somewhere up the order, somewhere in the top three in T20s, but I do believe you cannot mess with Kohli at three in ODIs. He has a reasonable record at four, actually, but he has an, I mean, an unsurpassed record at three. Nobody comes even close to him at number three, especially when chasing. So I was personally really happy to see Kohli come in at three. DJ, let's start with you. Thoughts on Rahul's spot in the ODI lineup specifically, and yeah, spot in the lineup and. Uh, you know how? Where should he? Where should he? Bat? Does he deserve the spot, and where should he bat? I think he definitely deserves the spot. Uh, I think he bats at four for India in uh, ODIs. I, I, I'm agnostic as to where he bats during uh, T20 games. Um, but I think he is—he gives that solidity. He's an opening batsman, um, so he can—he can attack when needed. We've seen him do that in the IPL, and he's for the past. And he's scored test runs as well, so he's a, he's a proper batsman. So he's the, almost the perfect person to follow uh, Virat Kohli in some ways. Um, yes, you can't mess with Kohli at three, but I, I suppose the point there is if Rahul bats at three, the opposition, Rahul can probably play with a little more freedom. One. And then the opposition knows that Kohli is coming in next, so you're just like, it's it's almost a dampener because anything Rahul scores or Shikhar scores or Rohit scores is almost a bonus. 
and then you have Virat Kohli coming. So maybe Kohli can think about batting in four. Uh, maybe from the, for the team's sake, maybe uh, depending on the conditions, if uh, the seeming conditions or something, maybe he can drop himself down to four. Uh, rather than expose himself a little more to the new ball at three, in England especially. So, um, it's worth the experiment, I think, in a couple of games. Uh, but, I mean, it's, just, it's difficult to dislodge a man who averages, what is that, 60 or 70 at, at number three. So, yeah, just, just my thoughts. I mean, it's it's an option. Uh, but, yes, Rahul definitely deserves it. And I'm looking forward to seeing him bat this whole summer because he's a beautiful batsman to watch. Varun, Rahul at three, four... Yeah. Yeah, so I completely agree with DJ. Uh, I think Rahul should buy a three in the ODIs. I think DJ put it extremely well. Anything Rahul scores is a bonus with Kohli to follow. Um, Kohli and Dhoni batting the last 25 overs of the ODI will be phenomenal. So I think I messaged Ashwin also sometimes to say, I think Kohli is the only one who can play at three and can play at four. So when you're the best, I think you've got to step up and play at four. Interesting. So I'm the. I guess we don't have unanimous consensus on this. I'm firmly of the belief Kohli needs to stay at his position three. Kohli walking in at one down is a completely different level of freedom uh, in a run chase or in any innings versus Kohli walking in at two down, especially if those two wickets fall quickly. And so I don't think we can, you know, remove him from the number three spot in ODI. So let's see what happens in the next two. But there's also the argument that you want your best batsman to play the maximum. Yeah. So I. It's difficult to think of moving Kohli from three. But I think, depending on the conditions, we should look at it. If there's a seeming wicket, I don't know, in Trent somewhere in a semi-final, he should perhaps think of batting himself before and let somebody else take the uh, initial movement. Uh, yeah, and if you're... And, and, if, and that's the problem. That, that's the problem area, which is why I'm saying if you need to... Some, you need to give people their roles, right? Like I've been saying for a while. You, you should define the role up front. If you're always going to be 200 for one at 32 overs, which has been the case for the last 12 months, and then lose that crucial game because you were 18 for three. Um, you need you need to solve for that. You need to solve for the problem. You don't need to solve for what's working. Yeah, I, th- I think that's totally fair. Uh, let's talk about the la- our last topic of India-England before we uh, move to our quiz segment. And that is, I think, Varun, you were saying exactly 16 years ago, 13th of July, 2002 was the final of the the famed NatWest series where Yuvraj and uh, Kef came out and and basically won the game from uh, for us from nothing. We've talked about that on this show. In parallel, I saw on Twitter, I believe late yesterday, that Mohammed Kef has announced his retirement in all forms of cricket. I was saying to you guys, I didn't actually know he was still playing, but but good on him. So guys, let's start with Varun. Anything for you? Any words for Kef or fond memories of NatWest final? No, I, in fact, I saw a video of it today and I just saw Ganguly waving his shirt and it was great. So, um, yeah, great memories. DJ? Yeah. I mean, Mohamed Kaif, uh, yeah, obviously the 2002 uh, final is one. Then there's the other one where uh, he's batting and Gilchrist says, uh, just walk, just walk, because he's hit it and he's not going anywhere. And Kaif is looking really guilty and stuff and Gilchrist is just going nuts on us. Uh, on Kev uh, hitting it and not and not walking. Also, I think I have an apology to make uh, to our listeners. Um, I think I mentioned two episodes ago that Ganguly was the only captain not to have uh, on uh, got membership to the MCC, and I'm wrong on that. I went and checked on later. He is actually part of the MCC committee as an honorary member or something. So completely nonsense, fake news from me. But Donald Trump is here in London, so what else do you expect? So I just want to make one quick, one more point. Uh, sorry, before we end uh, this section, 
um, and I'll just do it very quickly. So it's just that I, I, I was very interested to see Suresh Raina bowl yesterday because we were trying to discuss what is the role of Suresh Raina, why not uh, Dinesh Karthik. I think the plan is very clear. Let's see how they play the next two ODIs. I think there's two elements to this. Suresh Raina needs to try and fill in three to four overs somewhere in the first, uh, between over number 20 to 35. And I think the lefty is important. So I think it's quite clear. I'm not saying I agree or disagree. I don't think we need to discuss it right now. Let's see the second ODI and then let's take this up next week. I look forward to discussing it more in depth next time. But I was almost more upset that he didn't bowl more because he bowled three overs, one made in zero wickets for eight runs. That's a great start to your spell. The batsmen are clearly struggling against spin and then Kohli went back to a dual prong pace attack. So if you're keeping the guy in the side for a bowling option and you've bowled him three overs and he's bowled three great overs, why are we not being flexible enough to give him more? Give him five, give him six, right? And take the overs away from quick. So let's deep dive into that next time. Sorry, DJ, back to you. You were saying about Pandya's batting. Yeah, well, Pandya is batting, guys. I mean, how many did he make? 33 of 19 in the last game. When there had been a bit of a slowdown after, uh, in, in the last T20 game, actually. When there had been a bit of a slowdown after the dismissal of uh, Kohli. I think Kohli got out for 45 odd, and then uh, Pandya just came in along with Rohit and they just, he just smashed it. I think Pandya's batting has come on leaps and bounds. Yes, he took the four wickets um, for 38 or so and made a great comeback, but I mean, He's actually turning into a proper all-rounder who's going to win you games with the bat. At least T20 games where a short, sharp spell or a, a quick cameo can actually win you the game. But I think uh, for him to translate that into ODI um, will, will require more work. But he's really coming on and I'm, I'm really pleased that we've actually got almost a genuine all-rounder now uh, in, in Pandya. I don't know whether he's test quality yet, but T20 definitely and he's definitely sufficient for one day else. Yeah, I think that makes a ton of sense. I was personally excited to see the temperament and the and in the response, right? He went for zero for twenty-two in the one over, and then four for sixteen in his next three. I think that's the sign of maturity and really showing up. You know, he had the talent; he's had the talent for some time, but really putting uh, in that into action. Okay, we're going to wrap up with our with our quiz segment. So, in the spirit of India England, we're talking a lot about India England. We are the we're going to do some quizzes. So today, I have ten questions. I'm going to go one by one for you across. Uh, each, to each of you, I'm going to keep score. The correct a correct answer gets you a point. If you don't get it right, the other person can get can steal and get a half point. Okay, um, but only one gets each. Basically, is how we're going for it. I'm going to try this. I'm certain there'll be some cheating or uh, somebody trying to manipulate the game, but that's okay. Um, so it's ten. Varun, man. Yeah, Such of cheater. Course. Of course, it's going to be Varun. <laughs> um, non non legend cheater. So, I have 10 questions. The, the one thing I'm going to say is all of these questions are about India or England in ODIs. Not against each other, against anybody, but India or England. And I've set the universe to starting 1st of January 2016. So, it's just the last couple of years. The intent of this is not to talk about old cricketers. It's really mostly players currently playing. So, since the 1st of January 2016, for India in ODIs against anybody, or for England in ODIs against anybody. Okay, everybody good? Should we get started? I have a coin here to see who goes first. Uh, Varun, how about I let you call heads or tails? Heads. It is a tail. So, DJ, you got the first question. The first question is, uh, from either side since the 1st of January 2016, who's the highest run scorer in all ODIs? Zirat Kohli. That is correct. Uh, 2,800 runs. Um, Varun, second question for you is, uh, who's the second highest run scorer? For for either team? For either team, I'll tell you he's from the other team. Okay. 
uh, in ODIs, I would say Joe Root. That is also correct. 2,366 runs, so 500 fewer than Kohli. Good start, guys. The next two questions are 50-50 shot, so you guys better get this. DJ, of, the, of India and England in ODI since 2016, which team has more players scoring more than 1,000 runs in, those, in the past two years? Okay, but if I get it wrong, he surely can't get half No, there's no steals in 50-50. Okay, just, just clarify. <laughs> it's going to be England. It is England. England has one, yeah. two, three, seven batsmen who've scored more than 1,000 scored a lot of runs. Versus, <laughs> Ridiculous uh, number of runs. Yeah. Um, Varun, question for you. Same format, 50-50. Of the two teams, which team has more players averaging above 50 since 2000? I would say England. Also England. Look at this. Two for two. I thought that would be a trick question. Um, India has three batsmen averaging about 50. Uh, and England just has four with one of them at 50. Uh, exactly 50. So just nailed it in. Good start so far, guys. Okay, third and final question about batting. Um, DJ, which batsman from both sides since the start of 1st of Jan 2016 has hit the most sixes? Uh, Owen Morgan. That is incorrect. Owen Morgan has hit uh, 51 sixes, which is not the highest. Varun, half a point steal. So, total sixes by any one batsman from Jan 2016? From either of these two sides against all teams. Yeah, ODIs. Uh, Rohit Sharma. Rohit Sharma is correct. He has hit 75 sixes, about 21 more. DJ, if it helps you... Uh, India's more... biggest six hitter. <laughs> If it helps you, DJ, um, Morgan was second on the list, but the question was who hit the most. Uh, okay, and then so, Varun, question mostly for Mostly against Bangladesh and Sri Lanka. It doesn't matter. I'm not, I'm not discriminating for this one. Uh, Varun, for you, final question about batting. Which batsman has the highest strike rate and this person also has the most ducks between from both sides? Highest strike rates and most ducks. Shikhar Dhawan. Incorrect. Shikhar Dhawan strikes at 102.5 since uh, January 1st, 2016. He's the highest strike rate for India's top five, but not on both sides combined. DJ, steal for half a point. A high strike rate. Owen Morgan. It is not. You seem to like Owen Morgan. So the yeah, man but who he's, has he's a, the, the only one. It the, fails. The man who, no, there's no second guesses, but it's also no, not No, no, but is it? I'm just no. asking. The man with five ducks more than anybody else in the last few years. Uh, and a striker of 117 is Joss Butler. He's had oh, a fantastic wow. last year, but didn't have a, a great run in 2016. Wow. So that's the end of the batting questions. We're going to pivot to bowling to do our last four. So the score just uh, is Varun has two and a half. DJ has two points. So DJ, you have two points. Wait, so the, 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 the answers are only about India and England or general since Jan 2016? Only India, uh, only India and England. So the whole unit. I'm not looking oh. at it. I didn't even look at other teams. This is just within India and England. So, no, no, yeah. this is this is anyone in India. This is not India versus England. No, India, India playing anybody or England playing anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there may be a Sri Lankan yeah, batsman who has more ducks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's how that's how Rohit Sharma hit 76. <laughs> okay. 74 of DJ. them are Sri Lanka. <laughs> yeah, and one the British six, right? DJ. And 73 were in two innings. Anyway. <laughs> DJ, back to a bowler with most wickets yeah, since 2016 between the Indian and England side. Five seconds. Che, uh, Chehel? Incorrect. 
Uh, Chahel has 44 wickets, not the highest. Varun Steele for half a point. Uh, it is also incorrect. The the bias here is that England has played a lot more ODIs than India has, right? India mm. plays a, But it's Adil Rashid. Uh, oh, wow. Wickets. I would have never got that. Um, so that's uh, zero point. That was my next guess. Well, the, the, the second question which comes to you, Varun, is most wickets for India in the same time frame. So not the highest on the combined list, but the most for India in ODIs. Most for India in ODIs over the last two and a half years. Correct. Uh, Jaspreet Bumrah. That is correct. You've taken a maybe understandable lead. 64 wickets. Um, so, I'm not going to give you any more stats because we'll do the last two questions. Okay, last two questions. DJ, the most, which side has more bowlers with an economy rate below 5? India or England? 50-50. India. That is correct. India has... I, in fact, England has no no bowlers with an economy rate below five in the last two years. And Varun, last question for you: Which side between India and England has more bowlers with ten plus maidens? Ten plus maidens in the last two years. Uh, I would also say India. That is also correct. So the final score of four and a half to three. We have a, a yes. champion. Varun he, 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 he keeps getting all the easy ones. Though. I had a tiebreaker question, which oh. I'm going to say because I like it. I, I tossed the coin. That's why I tossed the coin because I knew this would happen. Um, <laughs> tiebreaker <laughs> question that I had just for academics. Okay. Nobody wins this. I think you get how, double points for this, by the way. No, there's no two points. points. No for, points. Two points uh, for the tiebreaker. How much bonus. was the highest partnership? Interestingly, the highest partnership for India in the past two years is the exact same partnership as the highest partnership for England in the exact in the last two years. What? How much? How many runs was that? Any guesses quickly? Sorry, can you just repeat that? Just the highest partnership. DJ's guess is Rohit and Kohli two forty. Um, Varun, your guess. What was the highest partnership? In two forty is the highest partnership that's in what, ODIs. That's what his guess is. Mine is one sixty. It answers 256, but it was yeah, not so Rohit and Kohli. It was Hales and Roy for England, and oh, Dhoni wow. and Yuvraj for India hit 256 in yeah, a Yeah, against Australia. Against Australia. That's our game. Varun takes it this week. Four and a half points to three. The legend. Well tried. We have a new the legend. legend. Guys, that also brings us to the end of our show. Um, thank you for tuning in. This was episode 18. Like I said at the beginning, find us. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, etc. as One Tip One Hand. Or you can search wherever you get podcasts for Edges and Sledges. You can now also ask Alexa or Google Home uh, if you have a smart home device to play the podcast Edges and Sledges. Uh, join us next next week and please make sure to like share and subscribe etc thanks so much for joining hello 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 everybody it's been another great week on the ivm podcast network on what the hell navya jabachan shwetananda and navya herself dish out stories from their childhood they discuss tough love between parents and their kids on Pesa Vesa, Anupam talks to Baman Irani, President-elect Kredai, and Chairman and MD at Rustamji. They discuss the concept of buy versus rent and how to approach buying property in 2022. On Cock and Bull, Cyrus is joined by Meghnath and comedian Shad Shafi. They discuss their opinions on the ongoing Congress presidential elections and Prashant Kishore embarking on a padyatra. On the Life Manifesto, Zarina narrates a story that advocates that stress and emotions are not to be controlled but must be beautifully managed. And on the Filter Coffee podcast, Karthik is joined by Yashraj Akashi. 
senior ambassador of the TEDx program and curator of TEDx Gateway. They discuss the origin story of TED and its franchise model. Guys, go to our website, ivmpodcast.com. You can check out the merch store, also links to all of our social media stuff, which is at IVM Podcast. Also, do check out our YouTube channels. We have a number of channels with many of your favorite shows available as full video podcasts. Finally, we'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Volvo XC40 Recharge, Bumble, Heads Up for Tails, and HDFC Mutual Fund. Thank you so much for making this possible. Do you often find yourself surrounded by conversations about Web3, blockchain, NFTs, DAOs? What are these terms and how do they affect our future on the internet? So many questions, but don't worry, we've got answers to all your questions. Hi, I'm Eklavya Bhattacharya and on our show Future Proofing, we try to decode the impact of these future technologies on various industries with experts and tech enthusiasts. Tune into new episodes coming out every Thursday on the IBM Podcast app and the website or wherever you get your podcasts from. Working Monday to Friday glued to your chair making you feel dull? Worry not. Get your 5-minute weekly dose of travel around the world with postcards from nowhere. Join me every Thursday as I explore the strange, obscure and fascinating parts of the world and bring out facets of travel you may not have thought of before. You can find us on the IBM Podcast app, website or wherever you get your podcast from. <laughs>